0: Welcome to another episode of Token Majority Podcast, your rights, your legal resource. We have myself, Fred Rabb, and Gemma Zanowski. Hi there. And we have our special guest, Luca, who is also a consultant for us. Yes. And um, (laughs) Luca, could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do or tell the world what you do? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. My name is Luca. Um, Currently, i I
1: don't know if you need or want to know this, but currently my last name is Savit. I will be switching to Savatsky, um, which is mostly important because I just started, um, my own business called Savatsky visuals. And, um, I will be, well, I am actively, (laughs) um, doing graphic design and visual communication work, um, within the legal field. Uh, so I come from a communications, graphic design background, um, Professionally and academically. And then uh, I have about three years of experience within the um, mostly nonprofit legal field. And so that really prepared me. It kind of created this weird perfect storm where I never thought I'd be in the legal field. And now here I am doing so indefinitely. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's kind of my background. I use he and they pronouns. um, And yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
2: I have a question as a fellow ski. <laughs> what what inspired this change?
1: Um, yeah, so my family, um, my mom's side of the family is Jewish. They came here from Poland, um, and so they uh, so it's Sky, um, which I'm it, I don't have anything to back this up, but I'm told that that's Jewish Polish <laughs> instead of Ski, um, and yeah, they changed it over to Sabbath uh, when they moved here because of immigration, and I just want to reclaim that.
2: That's awesome. Yes, that is true. When my dad immigrated from Poland and we're an S-K-I, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
2: there was talk about changing the last name to a maiden name from the family Ripka, because Ripka was just mm. going to be easier to pronounce and for people to put on paperwork. Uh, and that <laughs> I don't I, I don't I don't think I love that reasoning behind changing your last name. It's kind of sad. Mm mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we kept it and obviously people do mispronounce my name all the time. So yep. <laughs> welcome to the club, Luca. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Weirdly enough, I think people know how to pronounce Savatsky better than they know how to pronounce Savot because it's Savot,
0: Savo. people think I'm French. <laughs> so. <laughs> cool. So just going back to your work right now, mm-hmm. could you just tell us a little bit about some of your projects that you have or a big project that you're working on?
1: Yeah, um, so right now, uh, kind of how I got involved in this is working on the um, protest case. Uh, I'm currently in the Communication Leadership Master's Program at University of Washington, and they have a partner program um, where they you know partner with community organizations as well as, um, you know, big companies and just local places. Um, and so I actually started out as kind of technically an intern, and I was supposed to be doing some video editing and splicing together like body cam footage and, um, collecting video from people who were kind of recording from their, um, apartments every night. And then actually just to, to start to understand the case, I started building, um, a timeline, um, and that just kind of took off and everyone loved what I was working on. And so I ended up focusing on the timeline and then what we ended up doing with the timeline, um, I think is just so such a new way of displaying information within the legal field. Um, And so it was pretty like typical for me because it was just what was in my head when I came into it. But everyone was just like, oh, my God, (laughs) we need to to do this more often. Um, And so we started picking up some other cases. or I I did. But what really um, caught my eye, I actually looked through the partner program list and I was like, don't apply for anything. Like, You cannot apply for anything. I just want to look. But I saw the protest case and I was like, "Okay, well, I have to. Like, I have to, um, I, uh, just moved to, like, Boren and Pine area, but I lived around the corner from that, um, at, like, 12th and Jefferson, which is right down the street from where everything happened.
0: And to be clear, what protest case are you talking about?
1: Oh, yeah, the Black Lives Matter. And I think it was actually, we're not 100% sure of the date, but just because I'm more familiar with the timeline now, um, my three roommates, um... I had actually been doing something else that day, and I wasn't able to go. But I think it was on my thirtieth um, that my three roommates went to join a protest and just got covered in pepper spray. Um, and I I know they weren't doing anything to warrant that. Really? So you saw the after effects of it yeah and it actually was also caught on camera and was like a a video was on twitter and so um that day we actually tracked it down and um so obviously they experienced it and and then i came back and kind of was or um they came back and i was like kind of tending to them and helping and um googling how to get pepper spray out of your eyes and whipping up stuff together with like in a windex bottle like with
2: Mm, dawn
1: soap and yeah i just saw that after effect but then also uh I I actually watched a video of them getting pepper sprayed, which was just horrific because, you know, you're you're absolutely blinded. You can't see anything. You're disoriented. You're burning. And uh, I saw one of my friends, like, grab actually my partner um, or maybe the other way around. I don't know. One of them grabbed the other and uh, had to, like, direct them away from, like, the scene because they, they couldn't see at all. They were completely just to them in the middle of nowhere, you know, um, they couldn't see anything around them. So anyway, that was horrifying. Um, But I've also um, had a a pretty extensive um, history of being involved in community organizing activism. I come from um, LGBTQ activism, but um, very intersectional and um, have been involved with the Black Lives Matter movement um, since Trayvon Martin. So I was just very um, compelled by that partner listing that I just happened to check and see. And now I'm taking a new path in my entire life. So
2: (laughs) do you consider, I'm genuinely curious, do you consider working within the legal field as a component of your activism or Mm. do you see it in a different way?
1: I definitely do. Um, I think that's a, a question in like forming my business of, do I only want to focus on social justice oriented cases. Um, and I think for now, as I get my business going, the answer is no. But I think in the long term, that's what I would like to be able to focus on. Um, once I'm kind of established, I would like to be able to prioritize social justice oriented cases. Um, I'm also working on the Summer Taylor case as well um, and the Charlene Lyles case. Um, and those are just like there was no question in my mind when I was asked to be brought on to those that that was something that I wanted to do. Um So, yeah, I definitely see it as part of my activism, um, part of giving back to community, part of advocacy, um, and just like living my life
0: by my values. So prior to working in the field of law, what was Mm -hmm. your perspective on law and how it, the intersectionality of how it um, related to civil rights just in general?
1: Yeah, I think it was pretty far removed. Um, I didn't really... It's funny, actually, I mean, obviously, because I've been working in the legal field for three years. I know a ton of attorneys now, but like, I didn't know any attorneys before I started working in the legal field. Um, so I've, I felt, I think, just pretty distanced from it. I didn't really know anything about it. Um, and then I started working at the Lavender Rights Project a few years ago. It's a Seattle, well, I, it was based in Seattle at the time. Now it's based in Tacoma. Um, and they do buy and for LGBTQ legal services and education. And um, part of their mission is, is really like breaking down those gatekeeping barriers that keep people from understanding, um, and upholding and advocating for their own rights and the rights of loved ones and community members. And, um, it just resonated with me. Uh, and I was like, wow. And especially as like a, a communications professional, I was like, this is something that's missing. Like this is a communications problem is that people aren't able to access information so that they can advocate for themselves and others. Um, and you know, attorneys have to go through all of these, um, you know, from like school to the bar to like even ongoing CLEs and everything. Um, there's just so much that is between like me and accessing my rights or
2: oh, yeah or, or even them. understanding yeah, yeah yeah and the deeper I get involved in the law and in particular after joining the strip matter firm and mm-hmm. working on more of these social justice type cases it's, it's just profound how uh, you know how, how do you learn to exercise your rights if you don't know how to learn what your rights are mm-hmm. which you can and cannot do in even a simple interaction with the police for example mm-hmm. what does that look like if I make decision A to walk away, can they tackle me? Can they shoot me? Um, am I free to go? You know, Those are basic questions that to be honest with you, I feel like I don't even know the full answer to. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that we wanted to do token majority and delve into these issues further is to educate ourselves so that we can then educate other people who, uh, have that passion, who who are not lawyers, who are not, not going to spend all of their free time yeah. reading legal books and shouldn't have to. Right. So that's not how a finely tuned machine yeah. works.
0: But still are looking for uh, some sort of reference. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, yeah. I definitely get that. So would you say that that's one of the biggest misconceptions you've had is just the timing of everything and how much work goes into a case? Or what do you think is the biggest, if that's not it?
1: I think I just didn't
0: really... This is the
1: first time I'm really diving into like the court side of things mm-hmm. um, since kind of entering the legal field as a comms professional um, I was very much more on like the um, more like marketing like how do we bring in more clients how do we um so it's more transactional yeah yeah um yeah i don't i I don't know if i if I would call it transactional, I would consider it more um It's just a different objective. Um, I think my objective for the past few years has been um, increasing like name and brand recognition, which is really important for nonprofits because then people, um, you know, if you don't have that communication to get your name in front of potential clients, then, you know, not only do you not have clients, but then those clients don't get help. And so that I think was my objective, was ensuring that people who needed help at least knew of the resources through which to seek it. And I think now my objective has shifted to, um, I think, contributing to the advocacy that happens in the courts. And and through my business, I don't only want to do, um, you know, kind of like timelines and graphics and stuff for opening and closing um, statements, but... I also want to continue that public education, uh, so I want to work with nonprofits. Um, I've been working for the past year, I actually just left. Um, I've been at Northwest Justice Project, and I was the social media specialist. And a lot of what I did was work with the Washington Law Help team. um, And Northwest Justice Project um, uh, runs Washington Law Help. which not only clients use like attorneys use it and social service providers and stuff. It's a, it's an amazing resource. Um, but that's been a really big focus in it. And I love that as well. Um,
2: have there been things about the, the legal process, um, or the legal world that have been frustrating or, you know, not entirely positive for you?
1: Yes. (laughs) I think, uh, I think it's mostly like, um, so, in thinking about starting my my business where um, I'm really focusing on like a niche uh, within the legal field, um, I've had to ask myself like is this what I want to commit to like is this the type of change that I want to contribute to um, because the the legal field from courts to um you know mass incarceration to racial profiling to, you know, everything that, that we're really like working against in a lot of these cases we're working on together. Um, it's not justice for a lot of people. Like that's not what justice looks like for a lot of people. And like, do I personally, would I want to contribute to, um, you know, incarcerating someone? You know, is that and and I think that's what I love about being able to have my own business is I get to choose. <laughs> right. I get to make that distinction for myself, um, and and try to understand like what are different ways that we can seek justice within and outside of the legal field. And just because I you know want to focus my career and my work within the legal field, I can still do my own advocacy outside of it. Um, so I I think that the The legal field is one of just so many strategies. Um, And I don't want to dismiss it completely, especially with, you know, with this Black Lives Matter case. It's just like unheard of what we're doing. And so that feels great to like use the systems that are in place right now, even if, you know, I want to eradicate, (laughs) you know, those systems um, we still have to work within them right now, and that's still one way of of trying to have resolution or closure or whatever it is that the clients were advocating for or seeking through.
0: Yeah. No, on that same point, I uh, I have a different background. Uh, like you, I wasn't always in law. I mm-hmm. had a business background. I was a banker before. Oh. So, I guess one of my biggest, I wouldn't say issues, but surprises when I came to the field of law is just how inefficient. Uh, the legal field is compared to business. Mm-hmm. Like if it's in business, if it makes money or if it's just better, um, things change really quickly. Versus law, you have to literally pass, <laughs> pass laws or have a judge make some kind of common law. And even then, things get implemented very, very slowly, mm-hmm. as well as the pace of litigation. So that's one thing that was kind of a surprise and a, a somewhat letdown to coming into the field of law. But it is nice, um, like you said, working within the system to change it Mm -hmm. and actually seeing your work have a real impact on the lives of other people and knowing that what you do will impact people for years to come. Yeah. So that's that's really big. That's really nice.
2: Yeah. If you achieve it, you potentially leave a legacy that will be very difficult to then undo (laughs) thanks to how the law works. Yes. But... I think those were really interesting and astute observations that you made as somebody who doesn't have a a law degree um, that you are making the decision. And I think a lot of people struggle with this decision who have been marginalized in their life or, or have sought to understand others who have been marginalized to say, okay, the legal system is not this perfect system that that you know, distributes equality, <laughs> or mm-hmm. is necessarily egalitarian. So do I want to to jump into that and contribute to it and be a cog in that system? Or do I want to try to approach change from the outside? And I think that's the age old question is, do you want to sit on the inside <laughs> and and try to change things from within, and find a group of people that will bond with you because you cannot do it by yourself. Or do you want to sit there and like throw spears from the outside and hope that you pierce the heart of the beast? Is Mm -hmm. is that how you feel? Like, like,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Any other questions? Well, actually, let me ask you this one, Luca, before we wrap up, because we don't want to take too much of your time. Um, Is there, is there any, what do you think the most inspiring moments or, or, part of joining the our our glorious legal field uh has been for you like what what has been that like heartbeat moment where you're like wow i'm gonna remember this
1: i think um so i'm trans i came out when i was like 19 or 20 um and i legally changed my name which in ohio which is where i come from is very difficult (laughs) um and uh like I had to publish it in my local newspaper 30 days before I was able to go see a judge before I was even able wow. to like schedule a time to go see a judge and well, there's just uh anyway so that that was my first I think experience with anything court related I mean that was the that was the only time that I've been in front of a judge <laughs> and um Lavender rights project I was able to help people with that process um we started a, um, Like name change clinic where we kind of just laid out all the different paperwork, which, you know, if you're changing your name, you have to change it with the state. If you want to change your passport, if you want to change your birth certificate, which of course the rules for every birth certificate change is dependent upon the state in which you're born. Um, Fortunately, I think there's only one or two states now that don't let you change your name without any sort of like proof of surgical procedure which is like so archaic (laughs) but (laughs) that still exists but i think going through the process myself in a different state and then coming and learning and helping people that was kind of like such a good mix for me was that direct like community engagement community outreach advocacy as well as helping people maybe enter a court for the first time or, or entered into legal field for the first time. And I think just since then, I've just seen like my understanding of the legal field and the possibilities within it has just completely broadened since that. Um, oh, so yeah, like through, um, so there's 11 Rice project where I did a lot of that community engagement. And then with uh, Northwest justice project, it's a lot more about, or it was a lot more about, um, making sure that information was kind of like translating legalese into something that is accessible to like people who aren't lawyers um and understanding that i think also understanding that a lot of people aren't able to like recognize or identify a legal problem when they have one or not know that that is legal in nature um and just understanding like how much the legal field kind of forces itself into people's lives.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um
1: yeah. another thing that I that I think was like an aha moment that wasn't inspiring <laughs> in like a positive way, but um at Northwest Justice Project we focused a lot on on the idea that um you don't have a right to an attorney in like all cases. No. Um and that was something from the outside that I don't think I really understood. Um, And the inability to access a lawyer um, can just is like can be such a snowball effect where if you have one issue that, you know, doesn't get taken care of, it's just everything after that can fall like an avalanche. And so um, I don't know if that answers your question, but
2: (laughs) I think that's a great answer. And yeah, I, I struggle with that because as an attorney, I have... Gained this privilege to to have I, I don't know how to do everything legally related, but I know how to find the resource, or I can pick up my phone and another attorney will give me his or her time for free mm-hmm. to answer a question. And those are things that are just not broadly accessible. To the general population. And that's huge.
0: Yeah, they'll make that's a break huge. your case if you have one, but yeah. Yeah. They're, they're or huge. protect
2: your rights. Like Except, I can yeah. say mm, something weird happened to me. I'm going to call, right. you know, Joan Smith and Joan Smith knows the answer, mm-hmm. but that's, that's, that's not accessible to many people. And if you don't have hundreds of dollars to pay an attorney for an hour of time, mm-hmm. the only option is some of those civil justice type uh, firms or nonprofits that are providing accessible free aid,
1: mm-hmm. and so many um, legal problems are tra- are tied to, um, you know, being in poverty or having a low income. Yeah. And like, how many more legal issues do you have being low income or having low income? Um, and then, if you have a low income, how <laughs> how are you going to get a lawyer to like help? with these issues Um, and a lot of organizations will you know either only have specific expertise or have really specific um, requirements or you know there's just yeah it's it's really unfortunate but that is something that I've I've seen throughout my time um, is kind of like the the holistic, like community of resources, um, which is another reason that Washington Law Help is so important, is because if you have social service providers like domestic viol- like violence advocates mm-hmm. or social workers um, that are equipped to at least find those resources, like if we can broaden even that past just lawyers, but to people who help people, <laughs> if we can like help, yeah, that would that would just make
2: so much of a difference and that's sort of what we want to do with the token majority website so you know off off pod I'd love I think we'd love to talk to you about what some of those resources would look like because Mm. we would like to compile and be able to provide resources to individuals and give 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 kind of one place that you can look if you do need help at least a starting point is something I think is important so I'm glad that you shared that perspective yeah Um, and I guess, you know, I, I, I want to I, I wrap it up because I don't want this to, you know, go crazy long uh, mm-hmm. into the day, because we do have to convince people to listen <laughs> to another one of these, even though this has been very, very <laughs> yeah, fascinating. Very interesting, yeah. We'd love to have you it's back.
0: So thank you. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: But I would like to ask you just as a last question, mm-hmm. if, if you as a, with all your life experiences and perspective, and also someone without a law degree sitting here with us, what would you tell lawyers is like the one one pivotal piece of advice that you would want lawyers to understand about the community they're act, interacting with around them?
1: Hmm. I think I would say try to remember what it was like before you were a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as somebody who's been, as an example, like steeped in... LGBTQ activism like there are I've had to do a lot of learning and then unlearning and then learning and then unlearning again because um, you know I I have like dropped terms that people have never heard of before Um, and then have this like kind of defensiveness in my head of like how do you not know that or why don't you know that or um, and I've really had to to do Work And I think this is also really important as a white person engaging in anti-racist work, too, is like I had my own process to learn the things that I learn and like the experiences that I've had in my life set me up to learn the way that I did. Um, But nobody's experience is like the same as yours. And so how you came to law, how you came to like understand the law, to practice the law, to talk about the law. um, I think it's really important to like be humble and check in with like, okay, what I have understood this 10 years ago, you know, and like act like you're talking to yourself before you went to law school. <laughs> That's legalese.
0: <Got> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, no legalese. No legalese. All right. <laughs>
1: I mean, I've been in, I've been working within <laughs> law. And like I said, I haven't really been exposed to courts all that much, but like, I'm still kind of confused by like the most basic terms, like, litigation and plaintiff and defendant like I have to still think about it in my head you know that's not it's like learning a language it you is know? Mm-hmm. it's totally
2: different <clears throat> yeah yeah, yeah. I, I'll be I'll be real there's still some legal terms I have to google so <laughs> you're not alone <laughs> same here
0: <laughs> <laughs> it happens constantly learning yeah all right well thank you for, again for coming on and um maybe we'll have you again yeah later on.
2: yeah this is really awesome I feel like I learned a lot and I'm, I'm glad that we got to know you a little bit better too yeah outside of the you know straight up case case litigation yeah
1: Yeah. and zoom rooms yes exactly
0: (laughs) (gasps) thank you for tuning in and follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts you can find us at tokenmajority.com